Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we cook in the fireplace and pee in the broom closet as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 49th episode in the series, To Catch a Neighbor. Oh, this one is so fun. This one, it's like, it's the the, the George Clooney episode, <laughs> but it's also just, it's such a hilariously ridiculous premise, kind of like in the same vein of like the murder mystery episode where it's but it's like a big fan favorite just because it is like action you know there's like a lot of fun things happening it's just it makes me so happy every time i see this one it's wonderful and i i watched it for uh for this episode and my husband dennis was like oh yeah see this one tons of times george clooney (laughs) yeah i was just gonna say i feel like this is one that people can recall who've only seen the show a couple of times or like don't have a super um deep familiarity with it and i do think it's like a like you said a fan favorite it's a good one if you're trying to like show somebody you know like if it just happens to be on tv and you want to convince somebody to watch the golden girls this is the one to click on yeah it's like how how fun the show can be really you know it's it's a great it's a great uh sampler Also, instead of, you know, like earlier in the season where we were constantly treated to a car pulling into the driveway, this one has a fascinating, like, moon zoom out. <laughs> like, good dips down from the moon to the house. They were, like, really excited that there was, like, a, a crescent moon above, <laughs> above the set. Was... Had to get it before the, the it next phase. It was just phase. showing you how long the McDowells overstayed their welcome. Oh, right. God. Sophia's like, get out. Which, honestly, I, I love that scene so much because... I um I feel like I it's not doesn't happen so much well doesn't happen at all anymore because quarantine but <laughs> I was um, like who are you having over <laughs> in my old apartment um it was a really big sort of long layout and I do feel like it was very much like the hub of where my friends would come for like award shows and you know things like that and I um I would be awake but Michelle my partner she would fall she falls asleep early and it would be like i would be like all right you guys you have to you gotta go <laughs> i was recalling like sophia being like yeah okay get the hell all right out. already <laughs> yeah it's hard when somebody's at your house it's very hard to control the end of the party oh i know but like oh the sophia no filter shows up every time <laughs> so it's good. just such a winner <laughs> well and also like oh my god like Sophia's just you know how how long does it take to you know eat some salad and pasta or whatever and you know she goes into Sal and I, I also love <laughs> the other three they're like bussing the food into the kitchen and they do this like triple nod you know well I thought they were lovely me too so did I <laughs> and she's like you can just picture her sitting there shaking her head like a bunch of fucking dummies I live with I'm tired I'm old you know and then Rose um, talking about the town's like welcome wagon, how they all used to pile on the tractor and go greet new neighbors. Oh my and God. The cousin would play getting to know you through the hole in his windpipe. Like, it's like, that is, you're kind of having tracheotomies that we're <laughs> I mean, they're really, you know, the, the writers have just went full bore into all the St. Olaf so uh, imagery. It's really great. But, you know, obviously the, the wonder of that, as, as in many Rose scenes, where she's just sort of basically talking to herself uh, <laughs> in, in memory lane, is the, the glances that Blanche and Dorothy give each other behind, uh, behind her when they're bussing everything in the kitchen sink. It's great. Um, I also, the 
comedic device of slamming a door in someone's face is mm. never not funny it's especially so when it's an old woman and it's a man on the other side of the door so he al knocks on the door and i think he says to sylvia she should really ask who's there or something and ma'am you really shouldn't the- open the door without asking who it is first <laughs> right, and she slams and she's like fine. she goes fine <laughs> it's it's so, but it's this that that to me is not only like no filter old woman but a conversation that i constantly have with with dennis who is from the midwest of like the the directness of an east coast thing (laughs) she's already peeved she's tired she she's pissed and she is an 80 something who literally has no filter and doesn't give a fuck anymore and this guy is like kind of scolding her right like he comes to her house like ma'am you you shouldn't really do that (laughs) so she's like fine i will give you exactly what you asked for you dick <laughs> it's just yeah. really it's perfect it's perfect yeah i mean al's kind of i mean al's very handsome and, and we'll get into the chemistry that he has with rugged but he is yes he's very rugged he's he's kind of a mansplainer like he like from the very beginning he's like telling this woman what to do with her door and whether or not that's like a pro safety tip you want to give her maybe (laughs) not the first thing you say to her rude yeah i mean it's like it's i I don't know i never picked up on that i guess i guess it would be maybe i'm just blinded again like i was with jake where you know (laughs) but jake is wonderful but yeah i i I feel like i just sort of chalk this up to cop talk and like you know need a little bit of uh social niceties mixed in there maybe you should get some more training but um (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah it is it is a little gruff and it also is just really funny because it's like god damn were you guys like in a stakeout like hiding and waited until they left the very moment like you're right. in the house were you gonna ring the doorbell but then you realize that the jewel thieves were in there and <laughs> there's questionable police work throughout this whole episode absolutely yeah <laughs> not to mention the entire theme of what happens <laughs> But yeah, right. it's uh, it's kind of insane. Um, but going back into opening the door, slamming the door, and Dorothy, of course, as she usually does, apologizes for Sophia's gruffness. They make like a Whoopi Goldberg hair joke. Is this like some sort of racist reference? Like, what is that about? I don't know. I wrote that down too, and I was like, oh god. I I think it probably was just because of the context. I don't know what else it would <laughs> she be, had but ooh, black god, women's hair, not... like right. What the fuck yeah does not age age well no not at all i i literally have whoopi goldberg jerk joke racist and then um my (laughs) next line is al is pretty hot (laughs) it's like stream of consciousness that's how mine are too i'm like writing all of my thoughts what a great insight for all the scholars that we are it's wonderful (laughs) i want to turn our notes into a book eventually oh i love it yeah it'll just be too bad it's not actual scribbles i'll have to rewrite them from google docs (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so that joke is terrible um and i agree al is a very handsome man and i think that there's an attraction obviously right away from dorothy and obviously very obviously bland oh yeah um but you don't mind i like the right one down (laughs) blanche is so aggressive even for her in this scene she's like i'm single and i'm free on saturday night and she always does stuff like that but it's like girl calm down (laughs) yeah it's the cops (laughs) chill out Chill out. All right, you can have the boy. <laughs> Amazing. I know. Um, the whole and Rose. Also... Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Oh. <laughs> we are hilarious. I know. Say what you said. Um, okay. Yeah, so so Blanche is 
very preoccupied with trying to get into Al's pants. Dorothy also obviously really likes him. And Rose is just so good here because she's so naive. And they're explaining the McDowell's and whatever that they're jewelry thieves. And Rose is like, you and me, we invited the wrong people to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So upset. It's incredible. I also, I think it's interesting because it's like, Dorothy has this immediate, and I, I guess it's just the way that they have to write the episode of like, Dorothy is like so against this idea, but they don't really give a good, she doesn't give a good reason why. <laughs> like, Sophia's like, I vote no, but like, I don't know, she's just crabby about everybody and like having people inside. <laughs> and she knows that she's going to have to be the one to sleep with Dorothy. She can't have her own bed if other people are in her house, you know, I mean, it's like ridiculous. So, um, but I just thought that was kind of interesting where she's just immediately like set off about being like, no, I don't want this. And it's like, you know, Blanche and Rose are the ones that are, are egging her on for this decision. Yeah. And Dorothy says, do your police, do your work from a van, like real police <laughs> on TV. TV. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I wrote in my notes that it's, I think it's interesting that Blanche wants to do this. And I feel like, is it, does she only want to do it because she's attracted to Al yes, or like, exactly. does she have this? Like, it, yeah, like she's just, and the other thing about this is when Dorothy does come around and when they decide to do it, they all have this sort of air of civil service or like, uh, like kind of like a moral dilemma. Oh, like it's man. the right thing to do. And I'm going oh. on this mission and it's like, okay, relax. They're jewelry thieves. They're not like, <laughs> they're not murderers. They're not like, I don't know. I just feel like this whole thing is overblown. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Honestly. I mean, skipping ahead to that same idea. It's like, it's very much like what we talked to uh, Dr. Kate Brown about with like Rose and the American dream. I'm like, this is what you should do for America and your country. Like she, when she's like writing down everything that Martha McDowell buys in the supermarket. Love that. It's literally because, you know, it's like, and I, I appreciate the line that Al says where he's like, I know it feels like we're in this together, but like, we're not. So like, calm down. Like we get paid to do this. You guys are just like giving us your, you know, kitchen and bathroom and <laughs> a bedroom yeah. we'll just cook in the fireplace pee in the groom closet um <laughs> yeah it's 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 really interesting yeah this like civic duty thing and it's also like give me a break like uh, i also love how it isn't a big deal because they are just jewel thieves but then also one of the actual professional policemen gets shot right like it's like they're like oh they wouldn't uh you know they wouldn't like stay here or do this for us if they thought it was dangerous and you're like well (laughs) i know are they importing blood diamonds like what is it it's a bigger (laughs) operation than stealing jewels because i don't believe that and also you know her handbag doesn't even match her shoes like how much money could they possibly have gotten anyway and then when martha mcdowell knows that rose followed her she's like oh yeah and then yesterday you followed me (laughs) yeah it's actually really she's a really good (laughs) bit character so good yeah and rose is just like so terrified and um just does exactly what i think rose would do in this situation she's overzealous until she's afraid and then she's like paralyzed with fright when martha mcdowell shows up at the door (laughs) yeah she kind of bombs her uh civic duty when the when the buck stops you know Um, and it's i just want to say that i take civic duty probably more seriously than most people i was once on a jury about a car accident and i wouldn't tell anyone at all that i was going that far out for. so i do take it very seriously but this to me just feels like i don't know maybe it's i'm sure it's the lens of 2021 and um 
you know, my general feelings towards like law enforcement and the gall of these people to ask the civilians to do this. But it just feels like all of the girls seem to feel like it's really the right thing to do to do this. Yes. And I, that feels a little misplaced to me. Absolutely. And I think it, it like, to your point, it feels way more misplaced now. But even like, even in the suspension of disbelief from the sitcom standpoint, you're just like, it is kind of convoluted here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on now. Um, talking about the ridiculousness of American civil, civic duty. Uh, this is this is my tie-in here for this anecdote. George Clooney is only on this episode because he needed health insurance. <laughs> right? Oh my god, yes, you have to talk about that. <laughs> I mean, that's basically the story. Like, um, So you mentioned Kate Brown and Rose and the yeah. American thing. I also want to talk about how Sophia is really leaning into Kate, what Kate calls is the trickster role in this one because she's, yes. she's really driving Dorothy and Al together through like both with her like very cute relationship with Al, um, even though I think it's very rude that he says he's not crazy about Italian food. Also, to her. like what um, I remember watching this episode when I was a kid and being like, I don't know, unless you're like celiac, like is anybody really not that into Italian? A huge category, <laughs> like pizza, pasta. You know, like either risotto. Okay. <laughs> Okay. it's really great bread i don't know <laughs> i know exactly um but they have a cute little exchange and a cute little relationship which i think really pushes you know he and dorothy together and um she kind of does it in her sort of instigating way and it just felt very in line with kate's characterization of um sophia as the trickster yeah and oh man speaking about sort of like her instigating like being cute through being annoying (laughs) or being (laughs) insulting type of situation like I find it fascinating that like and we don't really see Dorothy like this when she's into a guy like it's kind of their like love-hate relationship right as Blanche explains it as she's misting herself to to relax um in the background (laughs) very passionate fights you know um it's it's just really it's kind of amazing because like it it works for the episode because of that beautiful, crazy, like turn on a dime line, you know, where she goes, do me a favor and join the bomb squad. Oh God, I'm crazy. Nothing about this guy. And it's like <laughs> the absolute best. She grasps their hands and she is giddy and she has her mouth open and like everything about it, including the reaction of like Rose and Blanche after she leaves the kitchen. Um, but it's, it's just fascinating to me. I've never, I've never had that. I've never had, any personal experience or even known people really who have been in that sort of like oh we just like totally trash each other and pretend we're enemies but also then like completely fall in love and it's really it's really fascinating um i looked up like just basic like stuff on wikipedia of like it's been like love hate relationships have been like linked to the incur- occurrence of emotional ambivalence in early childhood to conflicting responses by different ego states within the same person, which is kind of interesting, um, or to the inevitable coexistence of egoistic conflicts with the object of love. Um, and it also says like some people who, um, you know, if there's like uh, issues of self identity, like, challenges or if you have poor self-esteem like there's other like kind of just like different reasons a lot of this comes up and this is you know these are actual studies that have been done on what people would deem like a love-hate relationship but I don't know I mean what what do you think about 
the whole Dorothy Al thing. <laughs> like I said in the very beginning, it's like set up with little to no explanation that she's just sort of against this. And I don't think it's like Dorothy doesn't like cops, you know? So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want these pigs in here. Um, but like, I, yeah. so I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about this whole scenario? Uh, that's really interesting. What you're talking about, um, like the actual science of it and psychology of it is very interesting. I, I feel like, similarly, I've never been in a type of, in this type of relationship. I do feel like I will um, use like self-deprecating humor, both at myself and also to the person I'm flirting right, with, you right, know, back right. like, um, which is a light, very, very light version of that. Um, and it's more teasing, you know, yeah. it's more like yeah. making fun of to be flirty. For sure. um, but I actually think this type of sort of love hate relationship is really romanticized a lot yes. on in TV and movies. And I don't, I feel like it's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not healthy at all. And I, I think this instance actually is relatively light and inoffensive and, and not like, problematic but I feel like often it's like they're having these big violent almost fights and then they they really love each other and it's like well no your fight <laughs> should never be like that. Yeah. like you can have you can have strong opinions and, and big fights and arguments and all that is all important I think it's very important to have that in a relationship but if you're feeling bad about yourself every day yeah. <laughs> you know like that you shouldn't be yeah if that. it's that kind of a yo-yo from an emotional state as opposed to just a disagreement and I think in this particular case i'm not sure from al's perspective particularly because he's a guest in the home but maybe we can chalk it up to this gruff exterior of a policeman or you know um you strip away and you have a naked policeman um but like in dorothy's case i can almost see her um having to continue her sort of stance right again she's the principled one she is the best under pressure like she had a stance in the beginning that was basically like this is kind of ridiculous that you're asking us to do this you're in our house you're in our space i'm also like protective of my mother in that way where my mom is pissed you know that i have to pee in the broom closet you know all this other stuff it's just like there's stress in the house right their shit is all over the place and it, it's almost like she doesn't even want to admit that she is kind of falling for him and does like him and has to keep up the facade of like, this is my role um, in a way, you know, it's like, it's like she doesn't really know what is going on. And that whole idea of like the egoistic conflict with the object of love, like it's like, they're both so strong headed and again, like in Dorothy keeping her like, this is how I am around this new person who's now in my space. <laughs> you know, this is my personality. Yeah. Um, having to sort of sustain that and especially like sort of fight against him, right? He's like the, in the intruder in the house, so to speak. And, um, you know, if he's being strong headed too, she's not going to be the first one to back down. You know, she's not going to, she's not going to do a Blanche Devereaux like flirty thing and be like, oh, I'm going to be the one that's vulnerable and go to you. Right. Like you have to come to me if it's actually a thing. But of course, you know, the second he steps out of the room, she's like, I'm fucking falling apart. I love this guy. Um, so I, I love it. I love that, it, that you know, like the, the sort of the scholarship, the scientific studies almost add up from the Dorothy perspective. I don't think I know enough about Al to know like where he's coming from well one thing we do know about 
Al, at least in terms of how he's flirtatious, is he's a little bit antagonistic too. Like yeah. he calls it, he's like, come on, daddy, like let's go right. outside, you know? And I think, I think it's definitely meant to be flirty. And I think that comes through, which is a, a nod to the actor who plays Al. Yeah. Um, right. But he's definitely like, I think it's hard to say who's sort of leading, but they're, they're definitely on the same page, at least, you know, at, at this point in the episode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's just really fascinating. I love the uh, the lingo of land Al when Dorothy's talking to Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> give my right arm to land Al. <laughs> you help, they can help you land this Al character. Like, I want to bring that back. Like, that's a really... Yeah, I love that. He got a lander. Land of man. Um, yeah, that conversation also is funny because that's when Dorothy's like, I don't know if I should go on this mission. Oh, yeah. And then um, Sophia's like, who are you, Oliver North? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so there's so many references in this episode. Um, there's the two Darrens on the witch oh, line. Yeah. There's this, the Oliver North line. There's something about Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> um, and it just made me very excited for Matt Browning's book of references. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You have it all in one place. It's like fantastic. You don't even have to Google anymore, guys. It's all great. <laughs> um, in that scene, uh, again, like, and we've spoken about this before and we'll speak about it again. It's just, it's always wonderfully written because Estelle Getty and B. Arthur do such a wonderful job as mother and daughter always, but in like sort of the intimate setting of bed you know when they actually are forced yeah. together to like be together when they're going to bed and there's always you know <laughs> Sophia's always being bothered because she's fucking old you know and it's like it's get me get a rubber hose and whack me around until I'm right ways of <laughs> it's just really wonderful <laughs> but the uh it they just play off of each other so well and it's it's actually even though it's a hilarious like mission-driven conversation and kind of ridiculous as we've discussed because everything framing with the cop situation in this episode is ridiculous um it's still really touching and also like the the whole conversation about the commandments uh as a kid going to catholic school i always thought it was insane that there were two commandments about adultery i'm like yeah we get it like there's only 10 what are you what are you doing <laughs> There's no, no line. line. They couldn't fit in any line. <laughs> Two out of the ten refer to hitting the sheets, you know. <laughs> also, I will note that Sophia says, "Picture this again." Another picture this, as opposed to picture it. Yeah. Wow, still working out the kinks there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. All right, so let's talk about the exchange. <laughs> the exchange. <laughs> Tomorrow could be your last day. <laughs> again, being so flippant when a guy gets shot, it's not a joke, people. <laughs> I know, right? So it really is. Really very. Good. Like, there's no chance of no chance of danger at all. You all with no experience at all. Four women over fifty, one of you is in their eighties. Yeah, you're you're definitely the mole. Also, you're the plan. Sophia was never included. Let's talk about that. Like, what the fuck? I know, Burt Reynolds all over again. Seriously? Yeah, I'm hungry. Um, right. So, okay, Bobby gets shot. It's, it's sweet Jesus. Oh my god, like, Bobby gets shot, and it cleans up very nicely but that moment of tension feels uh inappropriate for the show it just feels like what are we watching like when did i stop watching the golden girls and start watching like die hard uh, i don't know it's like it's, it's weird it's but so i was weird about it. i i think it's because they're just weirdly in front <laughs> of the couch like they're not protected. yeah <laughs> the front door is right there in fact al whips it open and leaves it open while he calls for backup like it's just I, I think it's just the you know it's enough wicker in the goddamn living room it's not really gonna help you 
uh, if there's a shooting situation. It's just kind of ridiculous. But I do appreciate that tense scene for Sophia's fart joke of, thank you for calling it to everyone's attention. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, I don't know. And it also starts with like, Bob and the exchange is going down. They're just like yelling down the hallway. And then like he he is like standing at the door and he immediately walks out in his little polo shirt. It's just all of it is just like, yeah, it's it's like a, a very weird 80s cop drama television show for that slice of, of time. So they hear gunshots outside and Dorothy's reaction is to get up. She's like, we have to do something. And in my notes, I wrote, you literally just met this man. Do not get up to take a bullet. I, I mean, this what are you seriously, doing? she did say she would give her right arm to land. Him, though, you know, considering Bobby's right. shoulder and almost lost an arm. I mean, you know, it's good. yeah, it's yeah. It's just really, episode. yeah, it's, it's really interesting <laughs> when it gets like high stakes like that. I mean, it's the same shit where it's like we saw with the robbery, where you're just like, you are taking this gun stuff a little too flippantly. It's actually really <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. Also, maybe, oh, now that gives me, you know, maybe if Dorothy cannot live in a house with a gun, maybe that's why she's so against the cops. But just fucking say that outright, man. Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, she dances no, around it's it. True. But... It's true. Can I just back up here? Why are the jewel thieves inviting them anyway? <laughs> Do they really have to keep yeah. up appearances? You just saw them. Like, it, you can wait a little bit and do the exchange. <laughs> like, you're going to have a dinner party the night of the exchange? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's... I guess it's the decoy. <laughs> it's I've, it's the just, cover. like, the funniest fucking thing. You know, it's, like, it's, it's really ridiculous. Also, according to the timeline that they go in to plan, it takes 10 minutes to pour wine. <laughs> like, not my family. God damn it. <laughs> yeah the timeline is great it's also like rose has it all planned out and she's like and then i will begin telling the story about my uncle which should last about <laughs> <laughs> oh, also dorothy's smack on rose's hair actually fully flattens it did you see that oh and betty white is perfectly like takes her hand like upside down and like flips it back out of her eyes it's it's wonderful it's like there's a lot of like rose smacks but that one's really good that one lands. <laughs> Rose in this episode is is a, a shining star because it, so later when they're at the hospital, they're talking about passing kindergarten and Rose is like, "Oh, in Saint Olaf, you just had the prophecy <laughs> case," which sounds right. And then which later, right. like she she just goes on and on. And then Dorothy's like, "Rose, while we're here, maybe you should." Oh God, again. that delivery is <laughs> classic. <perfect. laughs> Oh, all right. So you brought, there's something else I, I really want to talk about in this episode. And, you know, you're already, already like well into bonus, you know, content uh, here from, you know, we're going well over our usual 25 minutes. <laughs> I but know. It's a great, it's a great there's episode. Lots there's lots of it. You're right. Um, the, the moment at the end, right? Like, so, so we obviously talk about this, you know, this whole love hate thing and Al asked Dorothy out, you know, they want, he wants to know if you want to go out with him. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, you think? know, the, the whole issue is like, you know, they, they finally are sort of, you know, an item, uh, at least before the sort of exchange. And then <laughs> at the hospital, you know, Dorothy turns him down and she's basically like, you know, this was all sort of a game, which again, true, you know, from the perspective of the viewer, I appreciate that sort of dose of reality because then you were like, whoa, we really were <laughs> bullets that escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really a mature decision that we've seen Dorothy make before and we will see her do again. 
to turn someone down who she has like real feelings for, but because she knows that like the their lifestyles don't fit. Right. And it, it almost kind of reminds me of like a couple episodes back when we were talking about Blanche and Jake of like being from two different worlds. It's a little different from that, but we've seen her do it with Glenn O'Brien um, for various reasons. She can't be the other woman because that's just not how her life is going to fit in with his. And we'll see her do it with with Ken, with Dick Van Dyke, um, because, you know, she wants to date a lawyer, but she's pretty uncomfortable dating a full time clown. Um, I mean, for ridiculous <laughs> reasons, but, you know, it's the same idea here where she's just like, I know that. I would spend a lot of my time worrying and I just, I can't do that. I can't even get involved. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. I wrote Glenn O'Brien vibes (laughs) in my notes as well. Um, I think it's, I think it's really mature and really um, self-aware it's really hard to make yourself do something that's going to suck for you in the interim, but be better, you better for yourself in the long term, you know? And I think that um, it's not the exact same at all, but I definitely have a couple instances where I feel like I was like dating people or, you know, something. And it just, I knew it wasn't right. It just like, wasn't, you know, like the communication style yeah. didn't match up or what, whatever it was. And I think it does take a level of maturity and a level of also um, liking yourself for lack of a better term to be able to be like, I don't, want to do this anymore and it's it's not going to be good for me and I know it's going to hurt right now but you know I'll be better off for it and that's what she does here and I think also her reasoning I think it's easy you know I think the shooting (laughs) that just happened really explains it away but I feel like she kind of had some hesitations about it the whole time and maybe just couldn't put her finger on what it was about it um but yeah I mean it it would consume your life I imagine especially once you've seen it and you you know what he's actually doing all the time it would be tough and it's really sad because I I do like Al he is very handsome and they seem to really like each other but well it's interesting he says it's not the first time I've heard it you know I mean it's it's uh It's that all of the decisions that we make and sometimes even if there's real feelings there, you know, it's it it ain't just about love. It's it's about lifestyle. It's about choosing to, you know, shape your life around a person. And that's a big ask. So I uh, I just I really appreciate that that keeps popping up with Dorothy. And then, you know, we finally see something deliver for her in a real way in in the form of a relationship at the very end, because she makes these really good decisions. And it's the same kind of idea of like when you when you find that correct partner for you um that you don't ever regret you know all of the the kind of the strife that you went through because you knew it was you know in service to kind of finding out more about who you are and what kind of partner you want yeah totally that's i mean that's a very that's that's the quote on this episode <laughs> that's, that's my life, life advice. advice and just to close and to ruin my uh lovely pontificating uh <laughs> comment there i will just say dr tansy looks like he's wearing the worst piece ever like did he get it from stan <laughs> i don't really know if he's gonna you know dark gonna pick up on that but anyway awesome uh well join us next time we're gonna discuss hot body oil dispensers and the most awkward conga line of all time <laughs>